1: Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy.
2: It's so great to be back at our kitchen table. And Sean, you had a really interesting interview with our friend, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, somebody that you and I consider probably the greatest fighter in all of the U.S. Senate right now.
1: He's fighting on debt and deficits and fought back on covid Um, He he
2: fought on behalf of the COVID injured, the most forgotten group um, besides the unborn. By the way, he fights for the unborn as well. Um, He's a fighter. He's a warrior. And
1: so we we had a segment last night where we were talking about, and we're going to get into this, the lies around COVID vaccines and masks. And I I was asking Senator Johnson, the real answer is that we should use the the budget cycle. Well, So the, the, the American budget is funded through the end of September. And um, if you don't refund it, the government shuts down. The Congress has to do that. So I was asking Senator Johnson, why don't you use the power of the purse? And let's go to his answer to to to, that.
2: To... to, to to get back at these agencies that aren't, are, are lying to the American people. Yes. Okay, listen.
3: Again, what I've been ad- advocating for years is on one of these must-pass pieces of legislation yes. having to do with appropriations or death ceiling, attached to it a bill called Preventing Government Shutdown Act. I passed it at least once, maybe twice out of my committee, completely bipartisan. It's a bill, James Langford, Maggie, Maggie Hassan, were the sponsors, it would get rid of any threat of a government shutdown. Uh, it, by the way, Sean, it does exactly what we do in the state of Wisconsin through dysfunction, you don't shut down the government. You just spend at last year's levels. What could be more common sense about that? We've never even got a legitimate vote on that yet. You, so, you got, but, it,
1: but, but don't you have to take their money away? I mean, they, 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 they laugh at us. The Republicans fund these crazy ideas. Right. And to stay at last year's levels, they're rewarded. We've got to take their money away to get responses
3: so, and responsibility. In order, to, in order to do that, you need the leverage to be able to negotiate lower spending. Right now, Republicans don't have leverage. Let's face it. The who's, who's, the, who's the media going to blame for a government shutdown? The blame Republicans. So Republicans always blink. If we had Preventing Government Shutdown Act in place, we'd just say, we're not going to shut down the government. You want to fund. If you want more funding for X, Y, and Z, come talk to us. We'll negotiate. If you think this is a higher priority, What's a lower priority? We'll stop spending there. You need that kind of leverage, which Republicans have never had. And quite honestly, Republicans weren't willing to producing that leverage in the debt ceiling fight. It's very unfortunate. But here we are. Maybe, maybe in this government shutdown uh, showdown, maybe we'll insist on getting a vote on Preventing Government Shutdown Act. Put that in place. Give us leverage in these budget fights.
2: So, Sean, you love Senator Johnson. You hate this bill and you hate his approach. Well,
3: I,
1: I, I do. And again, uh, and I can't say it enough, the respect I have. And, and by the way, as, as we've listened to this clip, Rachel, you would say that sounds, Sean, like an answer you would have given when you were in Congress.
2: Yes, I'm kidding, deja vu. <laughs> Senator John, I feel like I was married to Senator Johnson for like 10 years hearing right. that answer. Yeah. Well, so So why is that?
1: Well, so, I, here's, so let's unpack what he was talking about, right? So he's saying, listen, we don't want the government to shut down. We're going to fund the government minimally at last year's levels. Last year's levels, remember the deal that was passed with Democrats and Republicans in the Senate in December before Republicans took control of the House? They juiced up all of this spending. You have massive increases in government spending that happened through COVID. So going back to last year's levels, is no punishment at all for anybody in government because it was so doing, bloated it's from so COVID. Bloated. And then the Senate and again, um, an answer I could have given, but and I agree with them. The media is never going to be on your side, right? There, if if there's a government shutdown, all of them are going to blame Republicans, no matter how credible their points are. Republicans are going to be bludgeoned, and Democrats are going to be seen as heroes
2: if the government shuts down. But he's saying, "Let's do a prevent the government shutdown bill." Well, he
1: was also saying, "Talk about the." the, So, let me talk about this this point first, though, which is the fact that the media is going to come after you as a Republican, no matter what. No matter what, but the media never voted for you. Your constituents voted for you to go to Washington and fight to stop the insanity. So yeah, they're going to blame you in the media, but you can go home and message through your local media. You can have town halls and you can engage in a fight as a party and go around the media almost like Donald Trump did or Ron DeSantis did down in Florida and talk directly to the people. But I look at, so so Rachel, I look at funding the government again at last year's levels. This is the mentality of our Republican, I think all of them, Republican uh, members of the House and the Senate. And I'm like, we want to fund... The FBI and the DOJ and the CIA at last year's bloated levels, these are the very same people who concocted Russia collusion with Hillary Clinton, leaked stories to the press to keep that alive for multiple years. Um, These are the people who actually tried to, uh, to, this this was a deep state coup. Yeah. Um, On a duly elected president trying to take him down through the power of this very deep state. You want to fund these people? They're the same
2: levels, the same people that, you know, won't hand over documents that would help you see whether or not Joe Biden was at the very minimum. Committing, you know, acts of corruption at the very maximum, treason. Um, these are the same people coming up with the who refused to hand mean, over the, documents, by the way, that show the origin that they knew the origins of of covid, um, that they were actually funding the lab in Wuhan. They're holding on to all kinds of stuff.
1: So we we're talking about the people. The people, the deep state, right? The, right, the agencies. Exactly. We're talking about uh, the National Archives that won't turn over Joe Biden's emails that he used uh, uh, an alias to email Hunter Biden. By the way, you made this point before the podcast started. Who do those emails belong to?
2: They belong to the American people That's and right. they won't hand them over. The, the archives has like 4,000. Uh, and by the way, why right, right now I would 100% defund the National Archives. First of all, the National I- Car- Archives put trigger warnings on our fa- founding documents. They said our founding documents were, you know, insensitive. They put trigger warnings so that people reading our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, etc., um, wouldn't get triggered and hurt, um, get hurt feeling. So this is a place that has completely lost its way and its mission. But they hold on to these documents. That is the agency that worked with the FBI and the DOJ to go after Donald Trump with the Mar-a-Lago raid. So they're happy to work with them on that level. But then when the Republicans come to the National Archives and say, hey, by the way, there's like 5,000 emails with a weird-ass alias for Joe Biden that shows connections to him and Hunter and and Burisma and the Russians and the Chinese, hand over those, we want to see them, and they say, no, 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 we need to see them first, which means we want to redact them first. we want
1: to make sure that if they're damaging emails, we don't give them to you. We don't
2: give them to you, or we'll we'll redact them so that they're of no use to you.
1: We have to talk to Joe Biden first before we turn those over. Right. Um, Not only that, this is the group that says, we're going to go after Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago, but... We, uh, we're we going to try to just slow walk Joe Biden having classified documents, not as the vice president, which he was not qualified to have, but also as a U.S. senator.
2: Yeah, in remember his they were in his by garage by right. his Corvette. And, and by the way, they were also documents about Ukraine, as we've come to learn, which, of course, his son was... Uh, making deals with Ukraine and trying to prove that he was like had the inside track. So this is really corrupt stuff. It wasn't like what they claimed that Donald Trump did, which was, you know, he wanted to preserve some letter from Kim Jong Un for his, you know.
1: So, so so stick with us because we're going to talk about further what the Congress should do and how they do it in the power. We're going that off they have. On no, but we but I think you have to lay out the, yeah. the, the why this is so serious. I mean, the 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 Department of Justice um has refused to prosecute Hunter Biden now Special Counsel Weiss has has been appointed. Total scam. Uh, the Department of Justice doesn't want to uh, prosecute Hunter, the president's son, for I mean crimes that they have. Hunter Biden dead to rights on the gun charge, yeah. dead to rights, tax evasion, dead to rights. Um, everyone, anyone else would be uh, a pr- a prosecuted and convicted and sentenced to uh, whether it's four, eight, ten years in prison, but not Hunter Biden. They wanted to give him a sweetheart, a sweetheart plea deal where. He had misdemeanor charges on the taxes, uh, deferred prosecution agreement on the guns, and then he had immunity for everything else. I mean, this is crazy. It's the FBI who's going after. Right.
2: And so your point, your point in all of this, Sean, is that you're saying here you are, you're the Republican Party. You only have one thing. You have. You have a majority in the House. So you only have half of the Congress. You have a majority in half of the Congress. And what you do have in the House is the power of the purse. And you have all these corrupt agencies that are working against you that are trying to imprison your leading Candidate for president that are imprisoning any activists who have worked on your behalf, like all the January six people who, you know, many are getting the flipping book thrown at them. Some of them have even committed suicide. So your protesters are going to prison. They're letting go and giving light sentences to all the leftists, you know, activists who were working on behalf of BLM and um, and Antifa. So and you have. You know, all of this stuff happening, you're seeing the persecution, maximum punishment for your side, minimum, if nothing, to the left. And you're going, I'm just going to give you a little less money, which is essentially what the Congress is, the Republican Congress is saying. And you're saying, defund these people. We're
1: going to give you the same amount of money. We're just not going to, we're going to punish you by not increasing your budget even further.
0: Right. That's the point.
2: We'll have more of this conversation after this.
1: Just to add one a little salt in the, in the wound, the, the Department of Health and Human Services, the CDC, they have lied to the American people about the effectiveness of vaccines. Completely lied. Sent and masks. Out and masks. Misinformation, disinformation. And now based on those lies, which they never corrected, they've doubled down on those lies and they've tried to shut down the speech of people, great scientists, who actually were trying to tell us the truth. They silenced with the help of social media companies. You want to fund them, you so so so. This is the point
2: exactly, Sean.
1: <gasps> you have a, a a U.S. Congress held by Republicans, and the old saying, "The power of the purse," all these funding bills start in the House, right? So, just to, to take a step back, if I want to pass a bill on. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go really light. I want to name a post office, right? That's the that's the lamest thing a member of Congress does. By the way, is name a post office? I, I committed, have you ever I, have you ever named a I post office? I committed when I went to Congress. I was never going to name a post office, and by the way, I did. I did name a post office.
2: Ah, that's like Sean, That's like when I did the Price Is Right. I was on the Price Is Right. By the way, I was a contestant, and I swore I was never going to act crazy you know when they call if, if they called my name you don't know because you're surprised
1: you're not going to scream and put your arms in the air oh yeah Weird. they
2: said rachel campos come on down and i went Woo! did arms all the, the stuff and i ran down the <laughs> stairs and i waved my hands i did it too so you did it in congress <laughs> you but you went to you na- what did you name the post I, office it was
1: it was one i think over in Baldwin. i did i can't i can't even remember you didn't it even
2: was, name it after me I know. like you named your boat after had, me they would
1: have objected to that oh, I think. damn it um yeah, I don't think you were a World War II vet that we named it after.
2: But that, <laughs> that,
1: that aside, it's, so here's what you have to do, an easy bill like that. You have to have someone introduce a bill in the House. Yeah. Then you need co-sponsors. It has to go to the House floor, and the House has to pass it. It has to go to the Senate. The Senate, all the senators have to you know, uh, pass that bill as well. It has to go to the president's desk, and the president has to sign it. That can be a very complicated process. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of time. Um, but when you have must-pass bills, like you had the debt limit bill, or when you have the government funding that runs out at the end of September every single year, the, gov- the, the, the Congress has to pass a funding bill, 12 appropriations bills. They have to appropriate money to fund the government. And if they don't do it, these agencies don't get any money
2: and right. the government shuts down and the
1: government shuts down and I'm everyone's
2: not... afraid of the government shutting down cuz when the government shuts down the media as you said gets on is always on the side of the democrats and if somebody doesn't get a check if something doesn't happen if something goes wrong they'll say it's the republicans fault and it usually cuz senator johnson's right it usually works out not great blamed. for republicans they're blamed in the media and so, so all of them are afraid of the media reaction
1: and so they are, they are afraid but but um i'm not i'm not advocating shutting down the government What I'm advocating is passing bills that say, you know what, FBI, you have way too much money. If you have money to go after and target parents who protest uh, or want their voices heard at a school board meeting, you have too much money. If you want to target traditional Catholics in Catholic churches, you have way too much money. Well, that aside, we we hear insurrection. It's an insurrection. Donald Trump could have been—it's illegal to participate in an insurrection. Mm -hmm. They would have charged Donald Trump with insurrection in washington dc if he had committed insurrection they did not charge him with insurrection
2: but they're using insurrection sean to take donald trump's name off of ballots in certain states i mean so we we have to get to the bottom of whether there. you know we have to come to a consensus as a country was there insurrection or not
1: and you can also put guardrails around the money that you give you can say okay you can fbi and doj you can use none of the money that we appropriate to go after anybody that was involved in January 6th. They can you're do done. that? They yep, can do that? You're done. You, so
2: why haven't they done that, Sean?
1: That's the point of this conversation. <laughs> it's, it's mind-numbing, isn't it?
2: I, I, I had no idea so, that they so could the, actually the put those Health kind of The Department of Health and Human out.
1: Services that continues to lie to the American people, they shouldn't be funded at last year's levels. Agreed. So I'm not saying let's defund all of government. But I'm saying you have to make these agencies pay for lying to us and misrepresenting the truth to us and being partisan activists on behalf of Democrats. That's the only way they're going to stop laughing at you. That's the only way they're going to stop targeting you is if they think you're serious. You want- and, and, so, and so again, Republicans have all the power they need. They don't need the presidency to do this. They don't need the Senate to do this. All they need is the House to take care of this issue. And it'll be a fight, and they'll be demonized, and they'll be criticized. But let me ask you the flip side, Rachel. Let's say that, um, that Republicans fund the government somewhere near last year's levels. And I guarantee you almost all of them have gone home to town halls, and they've been outraged at all of the abuse of the deep state and, and all of the abuse of power. And then they have to come back after sending all of this money to these agencies that hate half of the American people how do you go home and argue that to your constituents and say, and by the way, I want you to vote for me again because I'm a true fighter. I'm a grappler. I'm a scrapper. I'm going to fight for you. And if I'm a vote, I'm going to go, listen, I gave you a chance to, 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 to fight for me. I gave you a chance to do what's right, to make sure we can right the American ship. And you didn't take that opportunity. It's one thing if Nancy Pelosi is a speaker and you have no power in the, in, in the house. I get that there's 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 nothing you can do. It's 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 a majority body. But you do have the power now. How are you going to use that power? How are you going to Do they understand the the crossroads that we're at in America and I think we started going down the commie path? Can they bring us back? Do they understand that's the fight we're in? And will you will they use the power that the American people have given them? And I think the answer to that is going to be a resounding no.
2: So we had Cash Patel on, gosh, maybe even a year ago, Sean. And that was the one thing Cash Patel said. He said, I've been there. I've seen how they operate. I see how the deep state works. I see how the deep state is in the tank for the Democrat Party, how they will go after and weaponize government against um, Republicans. That was, by the way, before the Mar Lago raid, before the four indictments, right. before the mugshots. So this thing has gone like, It is magnified to a level we can't even, we couldn't have imagined back then. And he said the answer was defunding, using the power of the purse to either shut down the government or, as you said, he actually suggested just taking enough away to where it's painful. So what I think is interesting, Sean, is that you had a conversation with, I think, the greatest warrior in the U.S. Senate, Senator Ron Johnson. And yet Senator Ron Johnson has that mindset, as we kind of joked about That bubble. And what I think would be interesting for our listeners to try to understand is how do you get a guy like Ron Johnson, who's who's, by the way, independently wealthy, has
1: an independent thinker,
2: an independent thinker was absolutely couldn't have been a bigger warrior during the covid tyranny that we endured and still are enduring. And he's still the only one trying to get to the one of the only ones trying to get to the bottom of all the stuff. And yet He says things like, you know, we got to be worried about the media and and is sort of concerned about the optics, the political optics of this. What happens in Washington, D.C.? What explain that bubble that happens that because I think the American people are in the mood for for revolution. So I really do. I I say when Vivek Ramaswamy says, I'm not interested in reforming, I'm interested in revolution. I think it's resonating. And I'm not saying like I want bloodshed. But people people aren't voting on the Republican side. They're not voting for Donald Trump at 60 percent because they want to reform around the edges. They want somebody to come in and shake Mm -hmm. up. Actually, you know, they want. They want somebody to absolutely change the system, Uh, disrupt, total disruption. But
1: to be clear, it's a revolution to go back to our founding principles. It's a 1776
2: revolution. we believe
1: in ultimate individual freedom and liberty and limited government. Um, And those ideas right now are revolutionary because that's not what we have. It's a good question. Like, what happens in Congress? And I thought about it a lot because I'm like, why did I do some of the things that I did? Why did I vote sometimes the way that I did? And so it's a team sport right? You 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 succeed or fail as a group um, of Republicans and, and or Democrats, and you got to kind of stick together. Um, and sometimes, you know, you you can take a, a certain vote on, on, on an issue, but there might be someone from upstate New York from a moderate district where they, you know, they can't take that vote. And, you know, so you'll moderate bills. So the more moderate members of your, uh, of the Republican caucus can, it's pal- more palatable for them and they can vote for it. And there becomes this, this, this. It's not, a, it's not, not mob mentality in the sense of you know going out and it but it's a Is mob like mentality. A
2: mindset?
1: Yes, where you, you, you. I think you, you lose some perspective. You have a perspective of that institution. You have an, a perspective of the body, and you lose perspective of the true fight that you're in. And listen, I have a lot of friends still in Congress, and I think so many of them have don't understand. That we are at a critical moment in this country and no one has the power that they as a group have to fix it, to stave off the crisis. And you can't you can't stave off a crisis if you don't understand a crisis is existing. It's unfolding before your eyes. And when again that are that Donald Trump is being prosecuted. They're going after a, a their political opponent. Um, there's nothing more divisive than that separating the country and ripping the country in two that you wouldn't go, hell no, we're not. We're going listen, uh-uh. We are going to we are going to severely curtail the money that we give you because you're gonna go after our, the, the 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 lead Republican candidate for the presidency. But that's not that's not where they're at, Rachel. They're like, well, maybe we should fund them at last year's level. So I'm like, what what planet are you guys living on? If you don't see that they're going to take over the country, they're, the, the 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 communist revolution is unfolding before your eyes, and they're going to do it without you objecting, without you fighting, without a shot being fired. They're going to take it all over, and you're going to help them manage the great transition from freedom to communism in America. And you're just you're just you're just one little cog in the wheel, slowing it down just a little bit. But it's inevitable to happen because you won't fight.
2: Yeah, when you talk about communism, I think it's really important for people to understand that com- when we talk about communism, co- people always think about it in terms of economics. Communism is just the there's only one there's only one ideology that's accepted. There's only one point of view accepted. It's not stop thinking about it the way you learned about it in school. Communism is not an economic thing. It is an ide- ideology thing. It means there is no opposition. You crushed. We to the party. Yeah, you're, it's just the party. You've crushed your op- op- opposition. You've used the power of the state to crush all, all opposing voices, and that is exactly what we're heading to. And I think, Sean, what the Republicans in Congress don't realize is that they—it's not just Donald Trump. They are on the menu too. And, they and, are on the menu too, and and and, and all here, the voters that vote for the them voter, are on and and your voter and your exactly your voters are on the menu we're all on the menu we are the opposition we are being crushed by the state we are being having the power you know there is a there's a maximum punishment if you're a republican you are a protected class if you're a democrat or a princeling like hunter biden um so that is absolutely happening and i think it was interesting you said what was it like when you were in the house I had an interesting perspective, Sean, as as a spouse. What was it?
1: Well, well, you you got mad at me a lot.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we ah! I was like his most annoying constituent. <laughs> was you and, I? You and my mom. Yeah, you and your mom for she's different a different reason. She was a, a Democrat, yeah. and I was. Uh, I I lived in. I, I my I was lived in a little more red district than Sean actually lived in. Um, they would say. So, but he, but here's the thing: is I think it's not. It's not because the guys in Congress are bad. It's not because you were bad. It's, it's not. It's not. Great what happens people. is really good people. Really great people. The bubble is real. And so when you're in Congress, your schedule is super busy. And the people that are closest to you who help you develop your strategy, your bills, your legislation, your ideas are all people who live in D.C. It's your staffers, right? Yeah. It's your staffers. And they are there. And your sounding board... Are D.C. staffers, who, by the way, sometimes don't have your best or your 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 constituents best interest because they live in D.C. And they might want to have an afterlife in D.C. after you're done running for Congress or you're done being a congressman. So their interactions are different because their motivations, their motivations, I should say, are different than your constituents. And I think you start to just not be able to read where your people are at. We would have this discussion all the time. Where because I lived in our hometown, I would get a sense of where people were at just by not not just because I talked to them, but because I was one of them going to the grocery store, going to the gas station, going to Costco, going to church, going to going to Walmart. church dropping kids off at school, doing all the stuff you do You in a small in a small rural Wisconsin town. You have a different mindset. And I would feel things that people were sensing and that I was sensing And it would sometimes take two weeks before what was happening on the ground in your district would get to you and your team. And it's because there is that disconnect between D.C. and what's happening on the ground. And I would say to you, Sean, I feel like Kevin McCarthy and this team of Republicans who now are the last great hope, really, um, until, you know, a Republican is elected in 2024, which looks like if a Republican is elected, it will be Donald Trump. And I think we might have a, a fighting chance here. But up to then. The hope is in the house, and the house is doing great. I, mean, I don't want to under, I don't want to, I don't want to attack them because I, I see what Representative Comer is doing, Sean. We want to inspire them. I see what they're doing, but I think you're so right. They're not reading, they're not, they're, they're not reading the room.
1: We'll have more of this conversation after this. So let me ask you what you think would happen if a Republican administration went after the former Democrat president who is now running again and was the lead Democrat candidate.
2: Imagine it was Barack Obama, for example.
1: And Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. And Donald Trump is prosecuting Barack Obama. Do you think that for one moment, Nancy Pelosi would sit on the sidelines and go, The best we can do is fund Donald Trump's administration at last year's levels as they go after, you know, left leaning voters, those who are unhappy with, you know, certain things in the country and might protest um, that we're going to allow that to stand. Nancy Pelosi for a moment would never let that happen because she fights too hard. But just here's an example. So just, just to unpack the Congress. Republicans don't have groupthink. They all have. They all have ideas. They all think they have the best right. ideas, and it makes it a robust d- debate. Oftentimes, they're more
2: individualistic.
1: In they they're independent thinkers. Yeah, they are. Democrats are sheep, and they all move in one direction. And an, an example of that is think back to uh, 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 Obamacare, right? They had been working on this since since Hillary Clinton back in the early '90s. They wanted, you know, government run health care. And so they had an opportunity. They had the House, the Senate, and Barack Obama in the White House. And they took those votes. Members of Congress took those votes. And many of them, as they took the vote for Obamacare, they knew they were going to lose their seats because it was unpopular. Even their constituents, their left-leaning constituents, didn't like it. And they took the vote anyway. And since then, Republicans— have never been able to roll it back for a number of different reasons. And after that, Republicans, the, the Congress that I was part of the in 2010, 87 new Republicans were elected. But that law still stands. Right? They they have a long game approach. Yeah. They don't they will sacrifice. listen, they're c- like the
2: Chinese. They'll sacrifice their people. They're like the Chinese. They think, like the think long term they'll sacrifice their people for their ideology because that's right. how they think. Sean it's 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 a great Example. Let me give you another example, because I love how you 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 set this up. Like, what would Nancy Pelosi do if Democrat protesters were getting 22 years in prison for having done no violence at all? Just be- because even they even were organizing up. a protest they, online, but didn't even weren't even at the Capitol. Getting 22 years in prison, for example, Henry Enrique Tarrio, that's what he got. Um, But there are others, Stephen Stewart Rhodes um, from the Oath Keepers. There are others who got it, who got these long sentences, 27 years. They were seeking 27-year sentences. They've gotten like 20 years, 22 years, 17 years. Um, uh, By the way, some of the, the, the protesters from January 6th have been in solitary confinement. Several have committed suicide. Um, We don't hear enough about that. Meanwhile, the DOJ actually advocated for leniency of BLM protesters. And one of the the people that they advocated for leniency in their sentences was for a protester who back in the summer, back in May of 2020, his name was Montez Lee. He um, was out there protesting and screaming, let's burn this down. Okay. He ends up lighting up a building, and inside of no, no. this— First
1: of all, he loots a pawn shop.
2: Yes, thank you. So he
1: loots the pawn shop, and then he starts the pawn shop on fire. And? And a father of five is inside and Trapped. dies in the fire. So Mr. Lee is uh, has committed homicide. right? He's killed uh, a father of five. He was looting. And did the Department of Justice throw the book at Mr.
2: Lee— No, the Department of Justice actually advocated for leniency against him. So this is a man. This is a a protester who killed a man. Okay, I'm looking at this. This this, So so the
1: the Department of Justice during sentencing of Mr. Lee um, wrote to the court and said this. There appear to to, there appear also to have been many people who felt angry, frustrated and disenfranchised. And who were attempting, in many cases, in an unacceptable, reckless, and dangerous manner to give voice to those feelings. Mr. Lee appears to be squarely in the latter category. He feels disenfranchised. So you might go, well, this could have been written about everyone on January 6th. They felt angry. They felt frustrated. They felt disenfranchised by the election that happened. And the Department of Justice, who, by the way, Mr. Lee was sentenced... Per the recommendation of the Department of Justice for committing murder. a homicide, murder, right, and, and burning down a building and looting it, he got ten years, ten years in prison. Yeah. Um, compare that to the 15s, the 18s, and the 22 years of of January January 6th, where they didn't kill anybody. Um, some of it was violence. Some of it, you know, was criminal damage to property. But some of these people just walked through the Capitol. Didn't 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 Do go anything. in didn't didn't go into the house chamber the senate chamber they didn't break any doors or windows they didn't hit they didn't weren't confronted by cops they just walked through and they've been prosecuted and so the department of justice is going to be lenient on a murderer you're right but under the auspices of quote insurrection we're going to send a guy to prison for twenty two freaking years this is the sh- that republicans are going to fund. Yeah, they're going to fund this. And if you're in the Department of Justice and you can do this to Republicans, you can do this to Donald Trump, you can do this to parents, you can do this to pro-lifers, you can do this to Catholics. They sit back and they laugh and go, well, who in the hell is going to stop us? No one is going to even these guys who are going after, they're still giving us all the money we need to keep doing it. No
2: one's going to end this. And then you hear Republicans, like you said in this interview, again, not trying to hit John Johnson because we love him. But they're afraid of shutting the government down. And it's like, what government? This isn't a government by and for the people. This is a government being run by thugs, by Democrats by the CIA, by the intel agencies, by the deep state. It's not by and for the people. What are you What are you preserving here? I mean, that's sort of like the Republican conservative thing. It's like, we got to preserve the system. So Republicans all act by the book and, and, and do everything by the book. And they get to do whatever the hell they want. There's no way, as you said, Sean, that Democrats would stand for their 60% candidate, Barack Obama, getting 60%. Given four indictments and mugshots and everything else that's happened, they wouldn't stand for their protesters being treated the way Republicans protesters. It, I I see if, the Republicans with the exception of frankly Marjorie Taylor Green and, and what's the Gates from Florida, really they've been forgotten. If if the January sixth protesters. If
1: you're not gonna fight now, when are you gonna fight?
2: Yeah.
1: Is it gonna be better two years from now or four years from now?
2: Yes. The
1: the ground is never going to be fertile. Mm-hmm for Republicans to think they have the upper hand to fight and if they do fight what they're going to fight on is going to we're going to lower your taxes. We're going to listen, I don't give a damn about I do care about taxes, but like that's not the fight we're in. We're fight we're in a, in a fight for the heart and soul of the country and I want to be really clear on this point before we go. I don't want to shut down the government. I don't want to do that. I want Republicans to pass a bill to fund the government. But at very curtailed levels for very specific agencies, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, Department of Health and Human Services, to name the top for me. Those have been the most egregious thus far. Curtail their spending. And then if Democrats don't want to vote for it, you can still say, I passed a bill that says we're going to fund the government but we're not going to give these guys so much money. And if you want to make sure the department of justice, you can, we, that's a, that's ground that we can fight on, but you can't, I don't want to shut it down, but give a vision to how much money they should get. And that means passing bills that take their cash away. That's the only power you have.
2: So Sean, I, if I was your constituent, I'd still be fighting, fighting you on this. I, 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 I like your answer better than Ron Johnson's, but I, I'm kind of with Vivek. I want to, I want to defund the FBI. I don't trust the FBI. I want to defund the DOJ. I think they're disgusting and they're partisan. I want to defund the Education Department because they're the ones driving all these policies that are, you know, basically indoctrinating our children and turning our schools into little indoctrination camps. I, I think the situation has gotten so out of control. And yeah, maybe I sound naive. Maybe I sound, you know, crazy. And I, I don't care what people so, say anymore because the same people. You know, go
1: ahead. I'm sorry. So, so what else? I'll say on that the reason I'm not giving that answer is because if you want to reform, change up and stand up. A new, so I don't, don't want to reform. Maybe, I want
2: revolution. But, I but said you that. Might,
1: but then you might want to stand up different organizations that are more responsive to the people that might, it might, it might be a CIA, CIA ask institution that is accountable to the Congress that this one is not. It might be a different prosecutory agency. Um, you can't make those changes, those, those revolutionary reforms, unless you have all of government or Democrats join you, and they're not. So I'm, I'm laser focused on what actually can these guys do? What can they get done? And the power that the American people have given them, one more time, is the power of the purse. They can take away money. Take away money, let them still do their jobs, but make them fire a whole ton of people get that's what would happen yeah oh yeah but you know what
2: they'll do sean they'll fire all the good guys and the guys at the top who are ruining this whole thing which we know who they are
1: and then one year so this happens every september next year we'll come back and go okay good to know and now we're going to take even more money away
2: yeah i it all it's all moving too slow for me can i just can we just play one last clip that's what this is from g van fleet just a reminder of where we're going. This is a she fan fleet. She is from um, she's a it lived through the Chinese Cultural Revolution. She saw the indictment of Donald Trump and she had steam coming out of her ears because she's like, boy, this is familiar to me. I know what this is. This is why even if you don't like Donald Trump, you should care about the direction of your country. Listen, I lived through the most brutal communist regime in China. And I, I witness a lot,
1: and now I will count one of the darkest moments that I witness is the day when the former president of the United States was um, indicted and mock shot in uh, Georgia prison. I have to say, I think America is quickly becoming a communist country,
3: and uh, our rule of law has been turned into what Marxists called proletarian dictatorship. The party in power is after its political oppositions. And it's not just the president,
1: but uh, people uh, like activists. And they are now in jail. They are political prisons, prisoners in the free yes. country uh, of the United States.
2: That's right. You, you Republicans in Congress are on the menu, too. Every single conservative, whether you were at January 6th protest or not, you, your protests are are from this point forward going to be criminalized. That's how you are viewed. This is exactly what is happening.
1: And you know what? uh, An America that is kind of like the one that we grew up in, maybe in the 80s, to let your kids and grandkids inherit, it's worth the fight. And it's worth maybe you could lose your seat. And I know you worked hard to get it, but if you don't fight um, now, you are never going to fight. And so stand up, Republicans. Push back. Use the power of the person. The only power you have, the only thing that you can do is cut, their funding. And so, uh, with that, uh, we're, 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 uh, we're imploring Republicans to put their armor
2: on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the media. As Sean said, they didn't vote for you. Who cares? Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Go do the right thing. Win back this country.
1: Absolutely. Listen, everyone, thank you for joining us on the podcast. A little fiery one, a little hot and sassy, but you know what? you you got to speak truth on these issues, and, and this is the truth about what Republicans can't, can do, and uh, they can't do everything, but they do have the power of the purse. So uh, if you like our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can always find us at foxnewspodcasts.com.
2: Stay tuned. We'll All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.